Hi, Dave here. I'm not on this episode of The Cinemile, so you're not going to hear my thoughts on Rocketman. But what you are going to hear is me thanking a lot of you for subscribing to our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash The Cinemile. So huge thanks to Sam Ivermey, Mark Gregerson, Umar Motani, Jay Wilmington. You guys have amazing names. Anna Marta Batog, Luke Mead, Rahul Chahal, Brendan... Sylvia McCarthy, Roy M and Nick Delaney. Loads more shout outs to come in future eps. But big thank you to all of you who have subscribed uh, for our extra movie and TV reviews over on our Patreon. Oh, and one more thing. Apologies for the audio on this episode. It was a very crowded bar, but we did our best. So enough of me. Over to Cathy. Hello, Kathy here, and the podcast where I walk home from the movies with my husband Dave. But tonight I have ditched Dave, and I'm here to see Rocket Man with the Gay and a Non-Gay podcast. Hi. Hi, guys. Hi. <laughs> which one's which? Which one's which? So, can you introduce yourselves? Uh, I'm Dan. I'm not gay. That's not right, is it? You're the non-gay. I'm the non-gay. <laughs> um, I'm James, and I'm the gay. Okay. Or a gay. Thank you so much for coming on. <laughs> Thanks for having us. Um, so I'm glad your to... husband's not here, and it's just us girls out on the town. <laughs> I was thinking that. And a non-gay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, we actually bumped into these guys a couple of months ago in a cafe, and like in a weirdly stalkery way, propositioned them to come on our podcast. Um, so we're really glad you're coming. Thank you. And you picked Rocketman? Yeah. But actually, I think non-gay picked Rocket Man. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know why necessarily, but um, I enjoy Elton John. <laughs> uh, and he's got a really interesting life story. Yeah. So, and to be honest, I'd see probably any music biopic of anybody I would go and see. So... Oh, that's it. I'm um, glad to have you on for that because I generally hate biopics because it's oh, really, really dull. Um, and I didn't... I just tend to find them really by the numbers, but I love Elton John's music and I've seen this has amazing reviews, but with the... With the Rhapsody, I never saw it. Yeah, I hated dull. it. Oh, you hated it? Yeah, I hated it. I, like, I'm genuinely amazed that it got nominated for Oscars let alone winning them like that that to, that to me is completely unbelievable like if you'd have told me that I would have thought that was a joke yeah it looked like, like a joke or something. the whole trailer looked like a joke so that was kind of where I was leaning towards this one until I saw the reviews of like no no this one's actually really good and did you see Elton John did a piece in The Guardian last week where he said no I like told him to put in drugs and sex because that's my life and I don't want my life to be PG-13 right okay there's quite system. a lot of sex yeah oh, really well that's what I heard okay I don't know I mean my sister was quite worried about me coming to see it, she said it would really trigger me. Really? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I guess we'll find out. Well, I think she thought it might upset me because there's lots of stuff about acceptance and being gay and, and so stuff like that. I don't know. I guess we'll find out. So get ready for a meltdown. Oh, but, yes. but hopefully I'll be okay. I mean, I'm hoping you meltdown though. <laughs> um, and what about Taron Oh, he's so hot. Yeah, he's really good. He's so fit. Apparently, he, some, I saw people tweeting that he... I'm not even mums that did it. He is a sex scene with another really hot guy, and I can't remember who it is, and like all the moms have gone wild about it. Right. Um, and Richard Madden's in it, bodyguard. He's a good cast. Yeah. Um, but before we kind of get into seeing the movie, because naturally we're running late, um, we've met up in the lovely Picture House Central so in the bar. I wanted to like let you guys kind of briefly talk about your podcast as well, because it's like really unique and different. And according to the Radio Times, it's the most fundamentally kind and funny podcast in Britain, which is like quite something. That's quite ridiculous. It's a lovely quote. And then 
Time Out said a hilarious take on love friendship yeah really good reviews thank you yeah. thanks so much well the reviews from our listeners are the ones that matter the most of course um, a five star review on iTunes and we do get a really nice bunch of comments from people that we've helped it's weird because we never expected that we just started recording because Dan's girlfriend thought we had nothing in common and that that would be quite funny so how did you guys meet that's how we met um, oh, we it, well we'd actually met like a couple of years before that but I didn't notice Dan um and oh. so not gay because he's non-gay so I wasn't going to sleep with him no so gay. I was just like not bothered um, and then uh, and Natalia Dan's girlfriend said why don't you do a podcast together you, you've got nothing in common that would be really fun and uh, we did and it actually worked and yeah, yeah. It, it, it worked out and yeah, so. Dan's like one of my best mates now oh, so nice. <laughs> we're always down the pub having beers aren't we <laughs> <clears throat> when you have like people talk about like chemistry a lot and how hard it is to get it's really hard to get if you've never met each yeah I think it's also just interesting like we're really divided right now as a country and as a planet and so it's nice to find like friendship in our differences yeah. and that's what we've done and what kind of for, for our listeners who may not have heard of you because I don't know if we'd have much of a crossover audience actually we often do yeah. these with other podcasts it's good to have you guys on what kind of stuff do you cover um, what do we talk about Dan uh, well basically James is gay and I'm not yeah. <laughs> that's pretty much it it's not that <laughs> it's way more than that I know you did an episode a few weeks ago that I really enjoyed on it Millennials Burnout yes I it was a really good one yeah, very honest being honest about like how often you check your Twitter and that sort of thing yeah. People can be a bit misleading in social media. We don't know that. And then we talk about a lot of stuff that's going on in 2019 life. And it isn't all about being gay or non-gay, but it's just about the, the challenges we all face. Yeah. But then through the lens of, I guess, being a gay and a non-gay. And being a non-gay, by the way, is just literally everyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just call it that because it's like a really nice way of othering yeah. what isn't me. And you guys are doing like live shows and fringe festivals and things, aren't you? Yeah, we're going on our first ever tour. We hit London this Saturday on the 8th of June at 5pm for a big show at Underbelly Festival. Yes, and then we're doing our first international date in Dublin on the 23rd of June. You thought it would be Las Vegas? It's Dublin. <laughs> well, we have a lot of Irish listeners. <laughs> oh my goodness, yeah. really? Yeah. Oh, that's so exciting. Um, and then oh, the what, next... What's so, in Dublin though? What is it? Is it a festival? No, we're just doing a gig. We're playing the Sugar Club. Yeah. yeah. Oh, fun! Which is going to be really cool, and it's Pride. It's Pride Week, I think, in Dublin, or just around that time. Um, so we're going over there to celebrate that, uh, and then we're hitting Belfast. Yeah, the day after that, the twenty fourth, we're back in the UK in Belfast. Yeah, on twenty fourth of June, playing the Limelight too, uh, and then we're at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival twenty nineteen from the seventeenth of August to the twenty fifth of August. Oh my god, you guys have a busy summer! And um, you can get yeah. tickets to all of these online right now if you go to our website, gaynongay.com slash live and we'd love you to come but I mean if you've just discovered us and you've just met us maybe you want to check us out first that's yeah. cool but then please come yeah. yeah we do have a lot of listeners in Dublin so the Dublin guys should definitely head over oh well I want to get really drunk in Dublin okay. I've never been to get drunk yeah I'm yeah. so excited it'll be fun I, w- I haven't been to Sugar Club in like 50 years or something um, so now we're going to go and see Rock and Place, we'll all enjoy it. Hopefully it's as good as the Ruby's day. At least we'll be singing along. Yeah? Yeah. He's a great singer. Taran? Yeah. Really? Yeah, he's doing all the singing. I didn't know that. Alright, bye. So how does it feel to be a star? It's never going to last. Let's just enjoy it while we can. First sleeping arrangements, Kate. All of this is gone. I just hope you realise you're choosing a life of being alone forever. Don't you want to just sing without this ridiculous paraphernalia? People don't pay to see Reg White. They pay to see Elton John. Sorry. I know.
care how much pressure I am under. Not really. I'll still be collecting my 20% long after you've killed yourself. Maybe I should have tried to be more ordinary. You were never ordinary. In the bar in Picture House, um, it's Sundance premiere night. I was really busy. Yeah. Uh, and we were just like sneaking off to Rocket Man, which was also really busy, wasn't it? So busy. Yeah, it so like... busy. The guy next to me was humming along to everything. Him and his wife were living, and he kept <laughs> laughing before anyone else. He obviously knew everything about Elton John's life. It was very sweet, but I was also really jealous. I did feel like the audience was really into it, and like at the end, someone actually tried to start a round of applause, which didn't quite take off. Yeah, yeah I heard that. I enjoyed it. It was like a. Yeah. <laughs> it was all. It was all very embarrassing. Um, like I haven't had enough time. <laughs> so we're going to do overall thoughts on the movie um, before we get to Sport Street. So James, what did you think of the movie? Oh god, I don't know where to start. It was amazing. I wanted it to keep going for another like hour and a half. I loved it. I thought it was really clever how they merged a bit of Mamma Mia with a sort of biopic, like classic kind of biopic vibe. Um, it was very. I didn't expect it to be so musical, but it was really like in terms of the vibe. But yeah. it was really great. Although it did, as my sister predicted, trigger a lot of really? feelings. Well, as a gay, obviously there was a lot going on there. Yeah. Um, and I can't say any more until we go to Spoiler Street. <laughs> okay. yeah. But I was emotional and I, I wish I could have cried because there was a lot. There's a lot going on. Yeah, it's yeah. funny. I find it emotional too, but then I didn't cry and usually I cry at movies. I don't know why. But anyway, Dan, what did you think? Well, just before we went in, we went into our friend Zoe uh, and she was, she was saying, oh my God, it's amazing. You're going to love it. It's so musical. It's like a musical. And instantly my, my heart dropped because if there's one thing I it's general fucking hate is musicals oh. and musical theatre you don't like Mamma Mia then you I haven't the seen it movie. so I was it's thinking I was thinking god this is going to be unbearable actually um, you turned to me didn't you uh, right yeah at right at the beginning you I, turned to me and went I already fucking hate this <laughs> I hate musicals because I just generally speaking I object to the whole concept of them in that we'd be having a this is the film right now we'll be having a conversation and all of a sudden I would just get up and start singing and YouTube would start singing and that doesn't happen in real life and I can't it happens in my house okay well I need to come to your house (laughs) but he's never coming to your house it's it's hard for me to I can't I can't suspend disbelief like that having said that uh, I didn't find this it was the odd moment like that that I just thought was too cringy for words but generally speaking it was on the right side of annoyance musical annoyance so I very 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 much enjoyed it and obviously the songs are exceptional so you even if you do have to even if the cringe factor is quite high it doesn't matter because it's I guess that's why they call it the blues or whatever which is just like an object, objectively incredible song so uh, I thought it was amazing Um I was thinking towards... Actually, no, I'm getting into Spoiler Street, so I won't... I thought, uh, actually, I was going to say, I think you're right. It, it does, at times, it is... Um, sorry, there's someone spinning a like a Wheel of Fortune in the park. Can you hear that? It's so funny. It's very odd. Um, <clears throat> I I thought the same. I thought, at times, there were... Ri- but I, I, 
I love musicals, so oh my god, I love musicals, so I was okay with. Um, I'm gonna turn down ambient noise as we're recording. Shall I wait a second? No, no, okay. I love music. Yeah, I love musicals, so I felt as though that was really great. But what was really clever about it was that that style kicked in after like at the relevant moment yeah. in Elton's life when that song was written yeah. so it was like he started writing your song and then went into your song yeah you know what I mean so it felt it felt really connected yeah. more so than more so than like Mamma Mia or anything like that that is an actual musical where the storyline is sandwiched into the music yeah the storyline's written around the songs of Mamma Mia yeah, yeah. this, this is, felt is different like, yeah and I found like so it's interesting we have exact opposite taste because I hate biopics I love musicals right okay and um, and god I love this movie I think it was the reason I loved it so much and why it wasn't like a normal well my problem with biopics is always that they've like by the numbers have to hit the real, uh, real events that happened in the sequential order and it's almost like someone just showing off the homework that they've done whereas this movie had loads of like surrealism in it and they were like using scenes that would speak to in the industry, but like using scenes to show what was happening in his life not very directly so there's a scene which he referenced that we should read it really long article he did in the Guardian it was so cool where he kind of talked about his life in the film and he wrote it himself which surprised me but he said there's a scene in this when his career takes off and, and in the film he's actually like levitating and the whole crowd starts levitating and that is because it's representative of that moment in his life when his life completely changed course and I really felt that in the movie like yeah. I, I thought that was a really cool way of showing his career taking off and there was moments like that that were just completely surreal and I also really liked like the fact that it's a mainstream movie that's going to obviously smash the box office and there's like a really celebratory joyful like exuberant sex scene in it gay sex scene which I thought was amazing yeah, yeah I just love that and it was just part of the movie and it was lovely and like you were really happy for him I saw a lot of stories about that being a big thing because that most of the time in gay sex scenes it, you, it cuts early and you don't see anything yeah whereas this like it felt like watching a normal straight sex yeah. scene in the cinema and it felt celebratory like oh this is a moment for him and he's like yeah. losing his virginity and he's really happy and it's a nice moment I know and then yeah. it cuts so then at the moment where you think that's it and, and the, the camera pans to the ceiling it like pans back down again and you see them in bed hugging in the morning and I was like oh my god this is so yeah. nice I really like that and yeah. I love the use of costumes throughout which obviously makes a lot of sense with him um, and yeah, and the I costumes. think Taron Egerton is just amazing. Yeah, Taron really can movie. really sing. Yeah, he's a yeah. really good singer. And Elton John said the reason when he settled on him for the role is because he heard him singing Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me and he reckons that's his hardest song to sing. Which, interestingly, in this movie, I didn't find that because he only sang a verse of it and then a woman joined in. So of all the songs, it seemed one of the easier ones to me. I thought Yellow Brick Road, the way they did it in this movie, was amazing. Yeah. And then I love how they focused like, the... Specific plot points around specific big musical numbers. Yeah. She wrote them down when we came out. Are we on Spoiler Street now, by the way? We're on Spoiler Street, yeah. Okay, wow. <laughs> really? No. Are you joking? Actually, I can't wait till we get there. There's a lot of spoilers here. Is there spoilers? Yeah, so many. Okay, we're on Spoiler Street now. Okay. Yeah. No, I want to wait. Let's turn on to Spoiler Street in a minute. You carry on. No, no, we've just turned on Spoiler Street. Also, I didn't realise. having an espresso martini. I am. Nine o'clock at night. I, I am. That is, that's how I feel after this film. I think that's very telling, actually, of the emotion it's it's a lot of adrenaline. Uh, 
I I didn't know you, you didn't do any editing on this podcast, by no. the way. So apologies that I keep going, oh, should we edit that? Should we edit that? Bit? Should we edit this? It is really noisy in here, though. It's, it's really so noisy. funny. I've turned down the ambient noise. Have you, though? Yeah. Oh, that's such a shame. Because a woman just walked past with a trolley of drinks and all of them were rattling. <laughs> it's never been louder. Like, it's like Downton Abbey in here. We often record in here and it's never been louder. It's like, um, it's so you were talking about the songs oh yeah so the big musical numbers that I thought were amazing so obviously Rocket Man was like yeah. transformative incredible incredible moment for him when he's kind of at the peak of his drug abuse and that's the other thing I thought was really good is that they didn't just show his drug abuse it was actually a prolonged period of the plot because often yeah. in these sorts of movies like okay I'm not talking about walk the line or something but they can often kind of gloss over drug stuff very quickly or it's kind of implied someone's doing drugs but here you really just saw that it was ruining his life yeah and it was quite horrible mm. and it was like a good hour I mean he said he had a good time through it yeah and that seemed legit yeah but maybe not I mean he was definitely like his ex-drugs and rock and roll thing um, and he I did really lean into that rock, a rocket man was just an amazing number like it was an incredible number and um, Benny and the Jets was of the similar oh, Benny and the Jets was so great that ended at an orgy of him just like crying in the middle of an orgy yeah and it's a really relatable moment for me actually yeah yeah so many things in this film were relatable what was specifically related about the about being in an orgy and crying yeah. uh, oh my goodness without getting too deep I think when you when you grow up gay and you feel like you're the only person and you're alone in your life at that moment and you realise you're different you you seek connection in any way you can and so I think that moment in an orgy is, is something a lot of gay men will, will relate to because I, I do like I've been in a situation where I'm like trying to find love and I'm trying to find other people like me so you kind of throw yourself into dangerous situations in order to sort of achieve that Oh, and you think, yeah, because he looked kind of lost in the sea of bodies, but he was kind of also driving it, but he was kind of really sad about it. Like, yeah. It was quite, yeah. You don't really, it's a really difficult thing to understand. But, and you're told, you know, you're told you're going to hell because you're gay and all this other stuff. So you kind of, you lean, I think sometimes we have a tendency to lean into that culture. And I think that's what I was seeing Elton do. What did you think of his parents? mother specifically the reaction when he came out oh, oh my god <laughs> and the mother bit the mother bit which was Bryce Dallas Howard which was completely bizarre and that, half the movie to realise it was her I don't that was, know who that is she's Ron Howard's daughter she's quite a big actress she was in like one of the Terminator movies she was in like Jurassic World recently I don't know where she's I'm still non the wider oh. but when I realised that uh, as soon as John Reed rocked her straight away I was like it's the geezer out of Bodyguard. And, he's, yeah. and he sounds yeah. exactly the same. Yeah. Why is that that he sounded exactly the same? Because that's just what he sounds like, I'm guessing. It's strange though, isn't it? Brian Reed, I guess, must be from Scotland. I John. really... John, that's his name. John Reed. John, John Reed. Reed. I did not like his character at all. I, you know, one of the things and I know that we need to come back to the mum. Yeah, no, but whilst we're just mom. now on this Oh, guy. yeah, so basically Elton John's kind of a long-term partner slash business manager. Yeah. And he's the one who they do initially oh, have a lovely scene together. Long-term partner, though, I Seems guess. like they were together for, like, a decade. Yeah, really? I, think, I think they were. Like, what, in, in relationship-wise? Uh, no, I think that was, like... I don't know, five, I mean, I'm guessing. I think that was, like, five or six years, but I think wow. they were management. So they had so an initial evil. sex scene that we're saying was amazing and yeah. all the moms have gone wild for, those two guys. Yeah. Um, and it was lovely. And then... It was really hot, but yeah, he fun. turned on him. He was awful. He was awful. But what did you think? And I thought Richard Madden was amazing. He really relished the role, because, like, when he was in Game of Thrones and when he was in Bodyguard, no he plays someone, like, quite serious. 
Yeah. So it was nice to see him, like when they did that honky cat, um, when they kind of first get together and he says to Elton, like, start spending money, what are you doing? And they do that duet of, get back, You're right, actually, I forgot he was in Game of Thrones and Dan's only seen up to season three or something, so no spoilers, but he's king of the North. Yeah, he's quite serious. He's king of the North, North, isn't he? And he's really hot, Rob Stark. Yeah, Yeah. really serious. So yeah, Rob Stark has sex with Elton John, which is incredible. And he's very, like, I love that sequence. He's a great singer, he's like clearly enjoying it all. Like, that whole scene was so fun of like, you're just coming into your money and it's at the start of the game. Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought they were really good together. One thing I did Imagine the, sorry, I'm still on Game of Thrones. I was just imagining the Red Wedding, but with... Stark <laughs> and Elton John. <laughs> that would be so good. Right, back and to where we the bodyguard. Yeah. Um, what do you think, and I often find this with biopics or biographies, so we're in, this is Elton John's movie where he's produced it, he's yeah. really behind it. His portrayal of that man, Brian Reed, is awful, right? Now we're only seeing Elton John's perspective. Yeah, I was just thinking that. He's literally posited him as physically hit him, essentially implying that he's like was stealing kind of finances and he's emotionally abusive and he's like openly cheating on him and he's when he nearly died, if he did try and kill himself, I don't know if that happened, and he's like, You fucking cunt <laughs> Like he's horrible. And also he in the in the movie basically says, I don't care if you kill yourself because I'll still get twenty percent, so yeah. keep going. He kinda of says kill yourself. And like if, if and again, look none of us know Assuming he's a real person, they said his name a lot of times. Pretty libelous as shit. Yeah. Yeah. Is, is he real? I don't know the character. He must be because everyone else seems to be based. I guess it could also be lots of characters merged together. Yeah. But, I need to do some research. <laughs> yeah, that's really interesting. So the mother. Yeah, this is the bit that really sent me off. And sent. So when he came like, out to his mother. When he came out to his mother, and he phones her and he says, "I'm gay. I'm a pufter. I'm a faggot." And then she says. Yeah, I know. And you suddenly think, oh. I know, what a lovely moment. What a lovely moment. And then she says, you'll never be happy. You'll never know what real love feels like. You'll be alone forever. And I was wanting to bawl my eyes out because that's exactly how I feel. And, and like, I think as a gay, you do feel a bit like that sometimes. It's really hard. So I hated that. It was horrible. You never see scenes like that in... No, I've never really... I've never heard someone say that in a film before. I don't think I've... I think I've thought that, but I've never heard anyone actually say it. And especially the mother, because usually in those kind of movies, it's like the emotionally distant father, like we had in this one. It is interesting, because even my mum often says to me, I really hope you meet someone. And she used to make jokes when I was younger, like, I hope you... Maybe you'll find a woman... And, and so there is that, that thought there from people that gay people don't find love and will never, will never be happy. But spoiler alert, you know, Elton's very happily married. Well, to I love that woman at the end. He's like long-term marriage and he's got kids and everything. So but I like, really yeah. needed to know how he got there. Like, yeah. don't cut the film off before he's met David. <laughs> I want to know how that happened. I want to see that journey. But then I think it gets boring because it's about his kind of meteoric rise to fame and the music. And then after a certain point, it's like... When you're like smoke married, no, what? To <laughs> okay, you are definitely projecting your life, there, <laughs> Kathy. Um, no, I don't think so. No. I think as a gay person, I needed to see how that happened. Yeah, yeah. Not I, just the I don't want the abusive stuff, the yeah. cheating, the orgies, the drugs. I want to know how he met the love of his life. Yeah, I would have liked to see more about like. I mean, he he's arguably the most famous gay person in the world, and one of the most things he's most famous for as far as I'm aware of is the Elton John AIDS Foundation so I'd have liked to have had a bit of that rather than it just being a footnote at the end um, yeah because it was like basically for anyone who shouldn't be on Sport Street but who is and hasn't finished the movie or seen the movie um, it essentially ends when he leaves rehab 
yeah. quite cool because um, it ends on I'm Still Standing which was amazing yeah that was amazing so yeah. I was like oh what song will they end on and as soon as they did I was like oh of course and yeah it, we all felt like oh god that could have gone on a bit more but it's a lovely clean note to end the movie on because the other thing with biopics is they can also really drag because when they yeah. try and do someone's whole life this, they're trying to just pick these high notes and then and then it's just too much information yeah so actually I, I, I liked how uh, and Keeping an eye on the time, I was thinking there's absolutely no way we're going to get into the 80s or the 90s, or the end of the 80s and into the 90s on this. So I was thinking, I was thinking, how is this going to end? Yeah. Because like, what's the end? Like the end, I guess, is him being clean, but he's um, been reborn. Yeah, yeah. Which was, I mean, yeah, she's not, she's not dead yet. She's still here. So I guess we have to wait till Elton's no longer with us. Yeah. I mean, that would be awful. Oh, so then they can make part B So they can make part two, yeah. yeah. <laughs> They'll need some juice <laughs> yeah. for the end of it. Um, end on, like, the birth of his kids. It is, it is a really wonderful movie, though. It yeah. is, though. I can't, it's like, got a I lot in it. it. The vibrancy, like, I so recommend yeah. it. It's, like, it's so infectious, the energy of the movie. And, Gosh. like, there's so many, like, surreal sequences. And he's just blew my mind. And the other actor who was amazing was Jamie Bell, who played the songwriting partner. What a, like he's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he sang um, Yellow Brick Road. Oh. That was so like oh. the songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even you mentioning the songs gives me goosebumps right now. Um, yeah, let's talk about the other sequences. So we had Hong uh, Gip, uh, and then the wedding scene. I hadn't realised he'd been ever married to a woman. I yeah, know I, did that, you not yeah. know? No, don't let the sun go down on me with that one. Yeah, and yeah, that was, that really was good. amazing. How long were they married for in real life? Oh, I don't know. This was implied like a week, but I'm sure it was longer. Um, and they slept in separate bedrooms. Yeah. And I was like, just because you're gay and she's your beard, <laughs> why do you have to sleep in separate bedrooms? Wouldn't you at least want to cuddle? I don't seems know. Seems a bit cold. I kind of want to cuddle. Yeah, I kind of seems that a bit cold. That is interesting. Did you, uh, feel, did you feel any gay shame watching it? Because I felt I'm like... Not, I'm not gay. Like, no, but I mean, I, in, I mean, did it sort of teach you both something about the journey of having to hide who you are? Especially in that scene where he's marrying a woman. For me, the emphasis of the movie wasn't actually on his gayness. It was like the emphasis was on holistically him trying to come to grips with himself as a whole. So like issues with his parents, yeah. definitely coming out, trying to figure out like what kind of a performer he wanted to be, right. what kind of a person he wanted to be, because like he does have like really awful temper tantrum outbursts, which he is an asshole in them. Yeah. I think he's like realizes that he needs to moderate his own behavior. So, so I found it. In, I, I liked to see that it was like part of the plot about who he was not neither hidden nor like made the number one thought yeah so I thought that was quite interesting but I mean I can't imagine like growing up in, in that kind of like when was he born in like the 40s or 50s in England and trying to come out what I can't believe is that anyone thought he wasn't gay yeah well, that's you're not dressed as a queen on stage I know like, I didn't know that I guess men used to be like even if you look at like David Bowie and men like that they used to be more androgynous also, I guess then people just really didn't know there were gay people, so just didn't even think about it. Yeah. Whereas now it wouldn't cross your mind to think he was straight. No, not at all. He said in um in the carpool karaoke he did with James Corden, that's amazing by the way. He said that the reason that he wears such 
flamboyant outfits is because he's not very good looking and he's not a great singer so it, he needed something else to propel him to yeah, that like, makes stardom which kind of makes sense um, I love this but, evolution of this costume so it's moving and like how they went too extreme at one point and it was masking something yeah like, yeah yeah I love when he was just in like kind of the boiler suit in yeah. that first gig he did in LA where everything kicked off for him that was like one of the best scenes in the movie I thought yeah yeah I, my favourite outfit was the feathers which actually I think uh, was it the Royal Variety performance oh yeah yeah that was brilliant that was a really good outfit do you think he really because he was like about to play Madison Square Garden and he left I'm, I'm dying to know if he was if he actually did just not show up to those gigs to go to rehab because that's quite dramatic probably quite did. possibly yeah, yeah. Quite possibly. it seems very Elton to do that it's inter- do you know I'm really glad they ended up when they did because well, this sounds really bitchy of me and I'm actually a massive Elton John fan like I love his music but um, I don't know like some of the stuff he's been doing like Remember he did stuff with like Blue and he did stuff with like Miley Cyrus and Eminem. he did like, yeah, and then last year he did that awfully, awful, I hated it, the John Lewis ad, which I'd forgotten about until the end of the movie and I thought, oh God, remember that ad he did at Christmas? Yeah. I don't do Christmas, so I, I ignore things like John Lewis I think it was your song. It was your song, but yeah. it was like Elton John, and it was like he's gifted a piano as a kid in like a yeah. half John Lewis piano. It was horrible. Like. I was quite worried this movie yeah. would be like the extended version yeah. of that, but luckily, no, it was completely it's different. It's not at all because that was horrible. And another thing is, I did see him in concert. Like Dave and I both did years ago. Like it was possibly fifteen years ago. And um, in Cork, he played in the Marquee, which is hilarious because he's like played Madison Square Garden. And this is why I think he was in some sort of financial trouble because I don't know. It was one of the worst gigs I've ever been at, and like I was gutted, like I was really gutted. And it was like we were really near the front because it wasn't that busy, and he was just sitting at the piano, but not in a cool, underrated, like unplugged way. He was just like practically yawning as he was playing. And at one point he said, "This is one of the best gigs I've ever played." And I was like, "Really? Like, I'm sure he wheels that out. Don't lie to us, right? We know the gigs you played. Don't pretend that this is one." the best gigs you've ever played and he was just fo- it, it was one of the biggest phone-ins I've ever seen I really turned me off him as a performer so I'm really glad to see the oldest stuff of him and like that level of exuberance I've seen him live and I thought it was incredible oh, really? yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, seven years ago interesting uh, maybe I caught him on a bad night yeah maybe because he was in Cork and he just didn't give shit yeah. yeah, possibly. It was bad. In fairness. Yeah. I could see him being the kind of queen, sorry, the kind of person that's like, oh, there's no one here, so I'm just going to phone it in. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, versus being at a festival or Madison Square yeah. Garden. Yeah, and like often at like big events when they know they're being filmed as well, they're better, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. I want to go back to some old YouTube, I want to go back to some old YouTube stuff. I was stuff that, yeah. And watch him at like Research. MSG and, and... And it did look like, because then they showed... A bit too many real photos at the end. I thought it was a bit much, but um, him, he actually <laughs> oh, I love, that's playing my the piano and jumping up in the air with his legs kicked back behind him. Yeah. That's yeah. my favourite part of these biopics is the end when they, they compare the act, actor... Uh, to the real life person like I, I could watch that for like 15 minutes yeah true it is quite addictive isn't it it is yeah. like a bit of a YouTube scroll there were so many moments where I just felt like I was watching Elton and not Taron did you feel Same. that too and then when they he showed us so... at the end I was like oh he looks different than I thought because in my yeah. head he'd become the other guy because he does look very in so many moments you're like no that doesn't look like, like Elton but then at times he's such a good actor that he morphs yeah. into him he got his essence right something he so, well, A it's easy when you've kind of got the hair and glasses it carries you to a certain point but he went way beyond on that point something he was doing with his mouth and his lips was like amazing yeah and just the whole swag he had like he managed to be like 
full of swag and confidence while simultaneously seeming really insecure. Yeah. And that's quite yeah, a yeah. difficult thing to capture. How do you feel about him be, being a non-gay? <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting question. Um, that there's is a lot interesting. Of controversy about that, isn't there? Yeah, there's a, the, the only reason I ever have a problem with straight actors playing gay actors is if, when the shoe's on the other foot, gay people don't get roles in straight roles because they're too camp. Yeah. And so that's why I get angered by that because I think, well, if gay people aren't allowed to play straight people, then why should straight people be able to play gay people? It's confusing. But you know that you can't control that, and any actor should be able to play any character. That's how movies and films should work. So. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't feel like that was a problem. I thought he really went there with the sex scene. Didn't feel awkward. He didn't. Felt quite hot. You know, so I think he really it's like two straight men, and you're like, cr- yeah. you can see that they're cringing, but it wasn't. Like that at all. <laughs> no, you're right. Yeah. And because of that, and because the sex scene was so long, and because the portrayal of gay shame and the struggle with all, all of that was so real, uh, I absolutely I feel great about him playing it. And I think Elton felt the same, didn't he? I think he even said, yeah, yeah, he did. He even said like this was the right person to play me. And you'd have a much also, it's, it's not like a typical role where you can really widen the net. Like, you need someone who can sing and dance. Yeah. And, like... Who knew he could sing, though? I know. And he's a good dancer, too, in the bits we saw. Like, mm. enemies. I actually thought he was a better singer than Elton John. What? <laughs> yeah, like, some of the notes, I thought he was better than Elton John. But, yeah, I just... I love all the stuff. You know the really early stuff? I love watching movies about, like, the olden days when you're kind of in a bit of a songwriting factory and they're yeah. just, like, being paid to write movies together. It's your favourite film, Music and Lyrics. I love Music and Lyrics. <laughs> oh, my God. No, how did you know? I, I absolutely love that movie. <laughs> It's one of my favourite movies. Uh, yeah, and I mean, I love all movies, but, but um, I just thought all that stuff was so well done. I, I do think, well, I don't know, it'd be interesting if they made a part B, but I think, and they got the really good songs in as well. Like, I was trying to think what they missed out on. By oh, they days. missed loads out. So many. Um, well, my favourite Elton John song written about me is Daniel. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it was like three, it was paper, wasn't it? three or four seconds of it. And yeah. I, at that point, I was like, God, because I love that song. Yeah. I fucking love that song. I would have probably cried if it had done that. Because, oh. like, like, that is such a good song. And it's like, it's about me. Um, but they missed, I mean, because it ended, like, the eight, late 80s. So it misses all the 90s. So it misses, like, Circle of Life. Yeah. <laughs> I was really uh, waiting for the Lion King. Like, this is like Candle in the Wind. Candle in the Wind. Like, but I mean, they're the... Like, candle they're in the not, Wind. Like, I mean... Uh, come on, like, they've got such better ones in here, like Yellow Brick Road. True, but ca- Candle in the Wind, I mean, it's... it's Is it not still... Or it certainly was for a very long time the biggest selling single in the UK. Yeah, but it's so, so happy, like. Well, you'll get that when The Crown returns and we get to that, you know, like, they're working their way up. Well, that, I mean, I'm so, gonna, how long have we got to wait for that? So, yeah, the fact that Candle in the Wind wasn't in it and the fact that he was... Uh, he's friends with Princess Diana, and she, they, didn't they go on a night out to the Royal Vauxhall Tavern? And yeah, all this, so. all this stuff isn't would have been. A, I guess, it, I guess it's going to be a Rocket Man too. Um, but <laughs> what uh, in terms of songs, like Made in England, is an amazing song that wasn't in there. Um, For me, I guess it hit the beginnings and it hit the ones I really like. Like for me, particularly, your song was just beautiful when they had that moment. Yeah, that I love the bit when he plays a load of songs over and over. Oh my god, we haven't even talked about the fact that Stephen Graham is brilliant in the movie as well. Who, who? Stephen Graham was like the asshole big big boss agent who kept going next, 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 next. These songs are shit. These songs. Stephen are shit. Graham, as in the guy from the Liverpool guy. This is just in Line of Duty. I don't know if he's in England. Yeah, yeah, that, he's in Nanajit. Yeah. I did not recognise him yeah, at all. Yeah, he was all. the agent. Yeah, like, it's such a good cast. Are you ready for love? 
That yeah. Was so I've just spent the last few minutes on Spotify, like searching his songs. Yeah. Obviously, that's like a nineties, noughties hit. I think. Thing. I'm not into any of that. No, it's an old. No, no, it's a really old tune, but they remixed it. No, that's sorry. Sorry, he's just really hard to Get over the blue collaboration. Okay. Get over it. Out of your head. I can't. I mean, I know he did one of Miley Cyrus, and he's done another one. Can you feel the love tonight? No, he hasn't. He, yeah. All is forgiven. All is forgiven. This one implied that he wrote uh, Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me, didn't it? Because he's mm. the only song in the movie where we didn't see him getting lyrics given Also, did he not perform that with George Michael? Uh, he does, yeah. That, so that that would have been great. I was, I was thinking, when's George going to rock up? Yeah. But then and they're going to do that. Celebs, like if you start introducing all the celebs, you know, it becomes the problem with all biopics where they're just ticking boxes to like, ooh, there's that person, ooh, there's that person. Right, it's and about his life. It's about the narrative and it's like not his story anymore. Yeah, true. Well, that's true. just how I feel like with good movies when that ends up. I always enjoy the moment, then as a whole, it's like. I think you're right I think it would have taken away from the actual real life hurt that was yeah. going on because then George Michael pops up you know another yeah. gay person and they're yeah. like out on the town yeah, yeah, yeah. having some beers one thing though I did find like and I, I am unsympathetic I, there's a certain point when I'm unsympathetic with someone it's just when they're that rich and they're just fucking blowing money uh, yeah, I like it, it, it does, and they, I'm glad they showed it because he does do that. Like it is sick. There's but no it, other way to describe it. But it is what it is, yeah. and it's real life. Um, I'm always amazed that like every sort of biopic seems to, or every rich rock star's story has that part in it. Because like, how often can history repeat itself? Yeah. Why does nobody ever learn? Yeah. But I find that inherently fascinating. Why wouldn't? Why would they learn? Why would they need to stop doing that? Well, because you might see. Oh, do you know what? Maybe like someone like. Let me think. You might think, do you know what? Taking loads of drugs, spending loads of money, and getting hammered all the time is quite unfulfilling, and it causes you causes you to make shit albums. <laughs> Why don't we just not do that? Based on the fact that I thought everybody... you were talking about buying clothing. And... No, I wasn't talking about that. Oh, I thought that's what you were talking about. Like, I was just having... talking in general. The wealth on display was sickening for me. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. But I don't. I mean, spend spend your money on what you want. In but terms... then, yeah, he's but, making a lot of money for charity. But I think. Yeah, so they said that he didn't serve the AIDS Foundation until he left rehab. Yeah. I want to know, was he giving so money to charity in the early days? I don't care what he's spending his own money on. Like, I, that's, but in terms of like drugs and alcohol and all that kind of stuff, and yeah, I'm always genuinely fascinated why that just keeps happening. Well, he people. seemed to hit rock bottom a few times before. Like, even like the, the bit where he kind of tried to commit suicide at the party and they did the amazing Rocket Man sequence. I thought that was when he was going to end up in rehab. What they kept doing with the transitions in the songs was amazing, where then he'd still be singing the song, but he's kind of changing costume and then he's back on stage again, and you realise yeah, yeah. it's like endless churn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is really cool. And oh my god, so many times as well, he wakes up somewhere new, and, and as an audience, we also don't know where he is. And he doesn't know where he is. And either. he doesn't know where he is. Yeah. He's so like, where, and it's so interesting that you also feel that as, yeah. as a member of the audience. You're going, where, what, where what's happened? Yeah, where's yeah. the last? Yeah, he'll leave one room to the next, so like one scene where he's having dinner with his mom and his stepdad, and the mom's been truly awful. And again, I'm like, this is from his perspective, like, we don't know if the mom was that awful. But he gets up, goes to the loo, comes back, and it's um, in a completely different place. Yeah, so it was like the same restaurant, but it was Jamie Bell. Oh, right, going, you need to sort your shit out. So, we're also, oh, in... that's who the guy is. It's yeah. pretty early, it's but, like 20 years later. Yeah. That's so great. Yeah, it was just really cool how they were doing all it. Was so and then exciting. that's the scene where he finally sings. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really interesting. He sang Yellow Brick High. He started on such a high note. I was like, how can a guy hit these notes? And then he ended up doing quite a different variation where he was like dropping 
like he just knocked it. It was really cool what he did with his voice as well. And then it turns into Elton singing Yellow Brick Road. It's really great. Okay, five stars. Yeah. I'm giving it five stars. Yeah, five stars. Uh, especially, it's one of the best music graphics as well, given that. Personally, I, I didn't like Bohemian Rhapsody at all. My favourite music graphic of recent times is Straight Out of Compton. Oh, I haven't seen that one. It's about the same as that because that is incredible as well. Okay. So I'd put it up there with that, but both of those are five out of five. Yeah. And what would you put it in terms of, like, in terms of how they dealt with all the issues around like his gayness and his coming out, and he's like, like, do you think it did well? Yeah, I think so. I think it did really well with that, considering I felt it. Yeah. a lot that's why I was intrigued to see if you guys felt it as well because I really felt it and I sort of I, maybe I saw things you guys didn't see because I and did you have a feeling that like god I wish I would have seen this when I was younger like was it one of those things like Love Simon I know loads of like older gay men were like I wish that movie had been around when I was younger I guess I wish he'd shared that journey on you such a I mean I think he's always been gay as far as I know my, for my life no yeah but he hasn't though has he I think but certainly. Yeah, movie it hadn't come out publicly for sure. Well, he did in that rehab, I guess. But like, like when he married that that woman, I'm sure I always a, knew. He, oh, in your in our lifetime, yeah. But he was he wasn't always. No, yeah. But in my lifetime, yeah. he's always been gay. But I wish he'd shared that journey more loudly. Yeah, yeah. Then yeah. when I was growing up, so yeah, I think it will. I, I want to play it to my friend who's going through some drug stuff right now, because I think it will open his eyes as to why that's happening. And it's probably that fun. I mean, why do any of us get drunk or take drugs or sleep with people we don't know the name of? But I think that happens because we don't feel happy, right? Like you follow the wrong path. And regardless of why, in Elton's case, his family, being gay, feeling like he couldn't be himself, but being mega famous, like that's really conflicting. So it makes yeah. sense to me why you would fall down that path. So it's interesting, Dan, you were saying, why, why do they keep on taking drugs all the time? Like, why does this keep repeating itself? And it, it keeps repeating itself because I, I think people are, like, struggling and no one's there to help them. So what do they do? They, they escape. They Like, movies are an escape and so is taking drugs yeah. or partying or sleeping with someone you don't know. But I wasn't saying that as, like, why the gay people keep doing that. It, I'm talking about everybody. Why does every major famous because of the rock same star, other than the odd exception, like Bruce Springsteen or whatever... I'm sure he's taken drugs. No, but not on this. Well, I'm saying what I'm saying is it's not just gay people. It's anyone that's struggling with identity and and their journey, isn't it? And if you're a rock star and you have billions of people watching you and, and you can't walk down the street as yeah, Elton says, yeah, in the and movie, it's that lifestyle hmm. as well, though. Then you're like you're alone. Night. You're yeah. you're, so, you're surrounded by people, but you're alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's at parties all the time, and you're like yeah. lonely. Like they showed him when he sang Tiny Dancer, he was like at a party, but like watching everyone else, and he wasn't really yeah. part of and it. And do you know the real moment that stood out for me now? Now that we're talking about this, is when he goes back to his dad's house. And he hands his dad, uh, his dad says, oh, can you sign the record? Oh, yeah. So he's not interested in his son, he's interested in his fame. Celebrity. Yeah, and yeah, that yeah. perfectly sums up the feeling that I think a lot of celebrities must feel, or anyone with success or whatever, when their family just don't love you. Honestly, my love family them. haven't loved me. Sorry, years. love All you. <laughs> really? Yeah. So I get that with my, like, oh, actually, I do get that, but not from my direct family, yeah. from cousins and stuff. Oh, really? So I'll go home and my dad and my uncle will be like, so what are you doing now? Where are you working? 
and I'm like, what? Why don't you ask me who I'm in love with or like where I last went on holiday? I think it was something basic, but why does it have to be about work? Why do you have to be well, asking to me be about fair, work? That's like a go-to. That's the go-to question, isn't it? Well, it's not if you actually know someone and care about them, is it? I don't know. Maybe you're right. I really relate to Alton. What's a good scene? I just feel like he does it. On the nose, though, the way he's like... And again, I think, like, I think we're getting a lot from Elton's perspective, and I just wish we, we knew kind of some of the facts, because it's like, my father never hugged me. Cut to the father with the two younger sons, and the father's, like, basically in a five-minute bear hug with them. Yeah, yeah that was really powerful. really on the nose, though. I thought it was too much. I think that's real. I can see that. Really? Why would he be so different with the second kid? Well, though? because he doesn't like the what the the mum, yeah. and therefore isn't bothered about the most. Uh, but yeah, yeah. The and, and maybe that he didn't like his gay son because his son was different, and he didn't yeah. didn't like that. True. Maybe I'm being cynical. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, too much. But no, I mean, I'm so glad we came to see this movie. Thank you for suggesting it because I don't think I'd have actually made it to the cinema to see it. Oh really? But wow. I think it's really cinematic. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. definitely, those, definitely. I mean, particularly like those scenes where he's playing those huge stadiums and all of that. It's just. It's so good. And that, oh my god, the pool sequence that you haven't even mentioned, where he ends up kind of taking a load of pills and jumping underwater, and and there's a little it's so weird, a little kid underwater singing Rocket Man. Yeah, it's like the kid version of him. In. Yeah, coming yeah. in like kind of synchronized swimming above his head and all that in the pool. It looked so stunning. Yeah, that was really so good. So creative. Oh, I'm so happy we saw this. We were originally going to go see Dumbo. I know. So we missed it. Thank, Thank goodness. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that ain't got good reviews. No. And no. apparently that was like really long and like just shit. Yeah, I'm it like was. Tim Burton and I'm not into him either. So no. Oh, God. No. It wasn't Tim Burton no. enough, actually. Oh, really? No. Yeah, I heard that it was like neither here nor there, basically. It was not really a thing. It had Colin Farrell. No. No. It, I, it wasn't good. No. Okay. Well, thank um, you so much for coming. But this today. was. This was great. Hey, thanks for having us. Thank you so much for having us. And tell everyone where they can find your podcast because I don't think we said that earlier. Uh, it is wherever you get your podcast. Just search "non-gay" in your favorite pod app. We're yep. on Spotify, iTunes, and everywhere else. Oh, so you search "non-gay"? That's how you find it. You can, yeah. Uh, or you can type "a gay" and "a non-gay." Yeah. Or our work. socials and uh, Twitter and website. Everything is just, just "gay non-gay." So okay. the website is "gaynongay.com." And please come and see us on tour. Yeah. And in Edinburgh. Yeah, that would be amazing. Yes. That would be so awesome. We'd love okay. to see you. We'll go to the cinema. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks for so listening. Much. And if you haven't already done so, please, I haven't said this in a while, head over to iTunes where you could leave us a five-star review and we'd be very, very grateful. Thank you. Bye-bye. How wonderful life is while you're in the What was that? Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.